Before we get started, this episode of the Food Grower Podcast is sponsored by Natural Grower. Natural Grower's award-winning liquid fertilizer, plant feed, and soil conditioner is made entirely from maize. It's naturally rich in nitrogen, potash, phosphate, and other trace elements that plants and vegetables love. And it's approved by the Soil Association, Vegan Society, and Biodynamic Association. The concentrated natural fertilizer can be poured around the base of plants, whilst the plant feed and soil conditioner can be mixed into the soil or used as a mulch on the surface as a long-term, slow-release fertilizer on all outdoor and indoor plants. Both Jack and I have been using the natural grower products this year and have seen amazing results, and we have a fantastic 15% off the entire natural grower range for you. Simply go to naturalgrower.co.uk and enter foodgrower15 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by Direct Plants Limited, and specifically their amazing range of polytunnels. We use these strong and affordable tunnels on both Jack's Patch and Fanfield Farm, and we love them. Direct Plants manufacture the tunnels themselves so that you can buy your polytunnel direct from the manufacturer, and not just any manufacturer, but from growers too, so that they really understand what you need. These traditional high-quality polytunnels are available in a range of sizes to fit your growing needs, and they're manufactured here in the UK in Norfolk. We're delighted to bring you a brilliant 10% off the entire range at directplants.co.uk. Simply head over there and use the code FOODGROWER at checkout. That's FOODGROWER, all one word, no spaces, at directplants.co.uk. Welcome to the Food Grower Podcast, the podcast that tells the story, highlights the techniques and talks tactics with food growers from all around the world. From market gardeners to allotment holders, field farmers to urban farmers. We hope that this podcast will inspire you to either start growing your own food or to help develop your existing food growing empire. I'm Chris from Fanfield Farm. I'm Jack from Jack's Patch. And I'm Andy from Urban Herbs. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Food Grower Podcast. This week it's just me, it's Jack from Jack's Patch, and I'm giving you five tips on permaculture. So these five tips on permaculture can be scaled whether you are in a flat with a balcony, all the way to um, having a huge scale farm. Um, These can be used um, and these tips can be applied for you. Um, just to improve your local wildlife, your local ecosystem, like bringing those guys in, um, and then also improving your whole soil generation and growing more abundance for yourself and also anything around you that can benefit from you having that food there. So I think it's all about creating ecosystems or creating habitats for wildlife as well as you um, getting lots of abundance of food. I find that so important. And permaculture is something that means a lot to me. I just like that we leverage nature. Nature is perfect. We just need to leverage these systems that are about and realizing we're not at the top of a pyramid, but a part of a circular system where we have as much importance as a bee and a worm in that system um, because they're all trying to benefit the end goal of making something more regenerative, something better than it is before, rather than taking from that system and making it um, making it go the other way. So making it um, diminish. Uh, we're mi- mining the system. We don't want to be doing that. We want to be working with nature. So it's important to do that. And I think permaculture encapsulates that really, really well. So I like to incorporate that in my life and my growing journey. And I hope you can too. We're going to be talking more and more about permaculture. We're going to get more permaculture people on the podcast. 
Um, and that's super important to me. And I just want to share that message to the world. Whoever's listening out there, um, get permaculture in your life. It will make it better. Um, it's just this regenerative mindset, regenerative meaning that is one step further than sustainable. And we're making something better just for us implementing these steps. So tip number one, Hergel culture beds. Hergel culture is a German word um, invented by Sepp Holzer, who is an Austrian grower. Um, definitely check him out. He was doing organic farming years ago in the Alps of um, Austria. And I really, really like his book. It's the way of like leveraging nature, as I said before. But there's a few systems he has on his farm that like I don't really see applied anywhere else because he was growing in the hills. So he was using like the topography of the land to make his gardens work so well, like using swales and using these Hergel culture beds. Um, Hergel culture can be used in many ways, whether you like um, raise the beds up from the ground um, in like a fashion where you, it's almost like a triangle. So like you can access the beds from both sides. Um, when I say triangle, more like a, um, like a row, but it's, it's peaked in the middle and then coming down either side, like a triangle shape. If you cut it, in half um i'm gonna try i'm hoping i'm trying to explain this well but the idea is is that you can stand up and pick um into the hergel culture bed and they can lean over and grab your vegetables without hurting your back but within that um within that triangle there's like a lot of um layers in that bed and i'm going to describe it in a way of it being a raised bed so let's for example let's say we've got a raised bed um that's probably up to my waist and I'm going to describe it that way and describe each layer in that system and why it's there and why we layer it and not just use just compost, um, but a way that it can become self-fertilizing and self-watering after year one by using this system. So let's say we do have this raised bed up to our waist. The reason we uh, like to raise our beds, maybe it's our back. Um, maybe it's because we have pests in the garden that if the vegetables were at low ground level, um, straight into the ground, um, that will get completely damaged by those pests. Let's say there's multiple other reasons, but there is so many reasons to have raised beds. And like I've explained there about bending your back or you, if you've got pests. And this is a great way to make those raised beds a lot more simple and cheap um, and ways that, well, like I said, self-watering, self-fertilizing after year one. And I say year one because having wood in your soil, that is going to be one of those. I'll explain it in a minute. Having wood in your soil robs nitrogen. So for the wood to break down within that bed, it's going to be taking nitrogen out of the soil to break down. So it's important to replenish the nitrogen with a layer in the system being high in nitrogen like um, like an animal poo, like a chicken manure, high nitrogen, or we layer or we water in a nettle and comfrey tea that we can make on our patches. Or um, we start to plant beans and legumes like peas that take nitrogen out the air and then put it back into the soil. So they are nitrogen fixing plants. So let's break down the steps. Uh, excuse me, I've got a notifications on my... <laughs> computer um 
But right, guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to go from layout from top uh, from bottom to top. So the first layer. Uh, before we do this, we want to take out any perennial weeds within our bed. So like a bramble or a thistle, we're going to take them out because they can grow through the cardboard and into your bed and you don't want that. So it's best to dig those out. We are notoriously no dig here on the podcast, but sometimes we are not dogmatic at all in our approach and it's good to dig sometimes. So we dig out these, uh, these invasive weeds. Then we layer the bed in cardboard. So I actually go up the walls as well as on the ground. Um, that's just to protect the wood a little bit more. I actually burn the wood. So a little old um, lumberjack trick is to burn the wood to seal it. And then you can put like a non-toxic, uh, um, like a non-toxic oil on that wood to preserve it even more because we want to get longevity out of the beds. Um, that's also important. So we want to uh, be protecting that wood. We want to be layering it with cardboard um, at the bottom, overlap, make sure it's an overlap of about eight inches. And then we want to be bringing in that next layer. So our next layer is uh, thick logs or tree stumps. Um, this is for, um, so we're going to go from larger objects like tree stumps all the way up to compost, which is the top layer. And as this bed is getting soaked, throughout the time, uh, throughout the years, that wood is getting broken down slowly through the mycelium network and microbes breaking it down, but also it's soaking in a lot of moisture. So when these roots grow down, they will have moisture in the bed uh, for when those dry mumps occur. So there'll always be access to water. So we've got tree stumps and branches. And then the next layer is we're going down, uh, we're going down in size and that is like sticks and finer branches and yeah just those sticks really a nice layer of sticks so we want to make sure that the layer on top is the finer uh, is finer so we're going to push this down on top of the logs uh, this creates loads of uh, air pockets as well which is good for roots um, but also as well for any mycelium from the mushrooms to travel throughout the bed um, as it's breaking it down so it, it likes that a lot um, and then the next layer above that is going to be like um, grass clippings turned to straw, really. So like dried grass clippings or dried leaves, like loads of organic matter. This is really, really important. This time of year, this has got a lot of, uh, lot of leaves, a lot of like um, dried straw. Um, and yeah, this really helps um, adding carbon into the soil. Um, so it's nice to get a carbon-nitrogen balance. And then speaking of the balance, we're going to add manure. Um Manure is going to be a nice high nitrogen layer as well. And you, what you want to be doing is thinking that even though these logs are going to be um, quite big and these sticks as well, um, it's important to put in more soil than it is to put in like more logs and stuff because ultimately our roots are going to need more soil to break into. So a nice thick layer of manure um, goes really well in this type of bed. There is multiple ways to um, layer these beds, but... Um, we're just showing you in this lasagna style that I've done recently, um, and it's something that's free, easy materials to get from around the garden or a local tree surgeon or something you just may have at your allotment site. So after the manure, we start to go even finer and we go for a nice compost uh, layer. Um, and this is really going to help um, 
for the soil and the roots and um, uh, for the roots of the plants to go sh- be planted straight into. And I would say mix it with soil. Um, store-bought stuff is, is completely fine, um, but also stuff that you're making. If you've made any compost, this is the time to get it onto your beds. You want to flood that bed with high-quality microbes, um, and by adding your own stuff, you are doing that in a really good way. So you can leave it as that. That can be the top layer as compost. You can also add another layer of mulch, so like a straw or seaweed or any um, any dried leaves um, on top just to protect that compost even more. Um, but that's really the bottom line. So we're going from thicker uh, material all the way to finer material where our plants are going to be planted straight into. And that is the basis of a herbal culture bed. Um, we've got these nice layers, um, those logs, those twigs, that organic matter and that manure is going to break down over the years. And as I said about it holding on to moisture, uh, it's also going to be releasing fertilizer past year one. So that year one is going to have wood in the bed. So it's going to be robbing nitrogen out of the bed. So you can add that uh, compost tea or you can add um, a layer of like chicken manure or you can add um uh, those beans and peas as legumes to just fix that in that first year. So that's your Hergel culture bed. You've learned um, how to do Hergel culture from scratch. Um, and I hope that helps. So that's tip number one. We are absolutely delighted to tell you that the Food Grower podcast team have now launched the brilliant Food Grower Academy. We genuinely believe that growing your own food just got easier. Food Grower Academy is a complete set of resources for food growers of any size, from those that want to grow for them and their family for local allotments or communities looking to feed themselves, to food growing businesses or small farms that want to feed the local area. It is a membership that provides in-depth, practical training and resources on all aspects of food growing, plus the community support you need to achieve your food growing goals. Have a look at what the membership includes, find out whether it's for you and join us over at academy.foodgrower.co.uk. That's academy.foodgrower.co.uk. We are delighted to have partnered on the Food Grower podcast with React Tools. React Tools are the number one place for market gardening and growers tools in the UK. We have seen tools like the Jang Cedar, Paper Pot Transplanter and the Iconoclast Tilther across the world and been envious of growers with access to them. Well now you can get your hands on all of these and much more. All shipped free from the UK on any order over £100. Make your food growing easier and more efficient with the best market gardening tools on the market. Plus, with the partnership with us, the Food Grower Academy, we're now giving 5% of all purchases back as tools to new community or not-for-profit growing projects. Head over now to reagtools.co.uk. That's R-E-A-G tools.co.uk. Tip number two is if you are growing on a slope, this is something that really excites me, and that is swales in the land. So what we want to be doing is having a step-down garden within that land. We want to be putting a top hat, belt, and shoes on the land. And, and what that does, instead of the water, if the slope is left as a slope, if there's no roots on the ground and it's um, completely overgrazed or overtilled, the water is going to hit that slope and it's going to run down, the, run down that slope and erode the soil with it. So what we want to be doing is getting roots in the ground and we also want to be slowing the traveling distance of that moisture and that nutrition by stepping that garden down. So like a terrace garden, 
So we want to be cutting into the land and we want to use the contours of the land to cut in some swales. So swales are a great thing. They're going to slow down the water into the bit um, from going from the top of the hill, um, top of the slope down to the bottom. Uh, we're going to be adding plants into those, um, those leveled out bits and holding that moisture and holding that soil into the land. And we can grow an abundance of food on a slope, something that might not look productive. We've just turned into a higher production area. Um, you can do this with Hergel culture beds, um, like in the YouTube video that's going to be out alongside this um, five tips for permaculture. Um, we can be using um, we can be using like logs to like make a nice um, edging of the beds as well, just to hold in that. Um, hold that soil into the slope um, and then yeah just flood it with loads of roots loads of good quality plants and they're going to soak up all that moisture as it drains down the slope and they're going to be sucking it all up and they're going to be happy and healthy so it's a garden that i really want to try out i was doing it in tuscany and luckily um, adding to that garden but even if my next garden has a slope within it i'm going to be totally cutting swales in and it's a way to hold moisture and make a high production area as well so tip number three is going to be um, using compost teas. We just hit, uh, touched on this in number one, but um, comfrey and nettle tea is something that I love to make. It's something that is abundant. Nettles are abundant in the UK. Not so much comfrey. Comfrey is a plant that I've had to plant at my site. Um, you can just use nettles. Nettles is a mineral-dense plant. Um, and it's something that um, has high minerals. So when you mix it with water and stir it in or add oxygen in for a solar pump, um, you're drawing those minerals out into the water and you're making a nice concentrate that you can add to your watering can. But by adding comfrey, comfrey is a plant that can be added to the garden on the borders um, and bees love it. Bees absolutely love the flower. But what's great in a permaculture sense is that it has a strong taproot that as the plant grows, the taproot gets bigger and goes straight down into the subsoil. So there's a lot of minerals in the subsoil that won't be in the topsoil. Um, and those minerals in the subsoil come up from the roots into the leaves of the plant. And then when you harvest the leaves of the plant and add them to a compost tea, all those minerals bleed out of the leaf into that compost tea. So can you imagine that a higher mineral-dense plant is stinging nettles? and a high mineral dense plant like comfrey being coming together in the in the water in the compost heap and as that brews over about i'd say minimum 2 weeks let it bleed into the water give it a good stir or add that oxygen into those beds uh, from a from a solar pump or just by stirring it you are creating a nice concentrated compost tea and that compost tea, I add one part compost tea to 10 parts water in my watering can. And then I flood the garden with this compost tea and happy plants equals healthy plants equals healthy you equals healthy soil equals healthy planet. So this is something I love to make at the farm. Simple and easy can be done in a bucket. So you could do this on your allotment, in your garden, or then all the way up to an IBC tank where I have a solar pump constantly pumping oxygen into the IBC tank um, with the plants all in some old pair of tights. 
So that's making it a huge tea bag into the water. And then I'm pumping in that oxygen, which uh, accelerates that uh, compost tea into a highly oxidized compost tea. Instead of it being anaerobic, it's aerobic and it's just making it a lot healthier. So um, by doing that, it's creating a like, I call it plant steroids, is adding a nice concentrate into your garden. And it's something that whenever I see a nitrogen um, depleted plant, I add this and almost literally over the next couple of days, you see it turn green. And it's something that you've uh, fixed in a natural way not using chemicals, not using even organic stuff that you've had to buy, but you've physically made it. And I think that's such an achievement. Right. So tip number four, which I really love that tip number three, and I hope you guys um, use that. But tip number four is wildlife areas, wildlife ponds. Um, this is something I do in a small way at my farm by using a quarter of a whiskey barrel that I bury and I fill with um, some aquatic plants and build it and they will come. You don't have a duck. De- uh, you don't have a slug problem. You have a duck deficiency. It's a really, uh, really amazing quote by the late Bill Mollison, who um, was one of the founders of permaculture. And what I love about that is that by thinking, why do I have so many slugs? You think, where's the ecosystem imbalance? And that is from the um, predator being missing, i.e., the duck i.e. the hedgehog, i.e. the slow worm, i.e. the newts. Uh, These all eat slugs and we all have um, terrible slug problems in the UK, uh, mainly because of our weather and they're breeding like crazy, but we are missing the predators. And by building a pond, you can uh, encourage these predators to come back into your garden. So frogs, for example, if we get frog spawn in that pond, the frogs are going to go out and eat those slugs. And that's going to really, really help. Um, we're going to encourage that body of water to bring in slow worms, to bring in newts, all that eat slugs. And we're going to be fixing that problem in a, in a more holistic way. And that's what I love about um, having micro ponds on the farm. It's going to attract dragonflies, which eat mosquitoes. Um, it's going to attract all sorts of things that you're not going to believe, like uh, bees, a place for them to drink some water, and you want bees in your garden to help you pollinate your plants. Um, all these sort of things um, really, really help in fixing ecosystems. So wildlife ponds or, and a wildlife area is something I really highly recommend and will f- really help the ecosystem. And it adds a lot of balance to the garden as well. And it's pretty, looks good. And it's always nice to hear some trickling water in the garden as well, especially if you put a little solar pump in there to um, to keep that water bubbling so it doesn't get blanket weed and stays highly oxygenized. Um, tip number five is the power of the flower, adding companion plants in your garden, especially flowers. So Flowers can be something that can add a lot of joy to your garden, make it look pretty, make it functional, make them edible. Um, They're really delicious in salads and many other things that you can add to cocktails. You can sell flowers. I sell a lot of flowers. If anything, I probably sell more flowers than veg this year, which was unbelievable to me. And it's something I've only been doing the last couple of years. Um, But the power of the flower is real. And what that does is that Adding those colors to your garden attract beneficial insects to your garden. So by attracting the beneficial insects, you disperse the pests that 
are in your garden because the good pests are going to eat the bad and it's going to fix a lot of uh, problems within your system. Uh, it looks pretty. As I said, they're totally edible. Um, and those companion plants really help um, keep those bad pests away. So, for example, I add dill and I add um, mint um, to my areas where I have brassicas because they disperse um anything that's going to attack the kale. So like white butterflies, they hate mint. Make sure the mint are in pots and not buried because you'll soon have a mint farm. Um, add dill uh, deters away any black fly, any aphids that um, potentially get into your plant in the late summer season. Um, and yeah, these are like really simple ones. Another simple one is uh, basil next to tomatoes because of... Um, the basil deters away a fly that eats the uh, tomatoes. Marigolds amongst my lettuce because the marigold smell deters away the cutworm that eats the lettuce. And many, many more. I really, um, I can't stress enough using flowers in the garden. So interplant with them, companion plant with them um, is really, really important. So make sure you do this. It's something that's just bring me a lot of joy. It's added so much more function to the garden. It's added profit to my garden as well, but it's just something I can't stress enough. It's something we should all be doing um, to make the garden more holistic so we don't need to use any chemicals whatsoever. So that's my five tips for permaculture. Apologies if I spoke fast. I get very passionate talking about permaculture, but it's something we're going to elaborate more and more on in the academy. So if you're not a part of the academy, make sure you jump on board, $9.99 a month, and it's something we can all talk about openly within our Discord group. So we've created a community and we want you to be a part of it. And not just that, we're having a couple of webinars and Q&As each month. So you're getting a lot, a lot of value for your money and courses are coming. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of something to think about and how to incorporate permaculture into your space um, because it's something I do and it's brought me a lot of joy and it's something I can't stop geeking about. So let's geek all on the Food Grower Academy. But I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, we're bringing them thick and fast and we, we love doing the podcast and we love that you guys listen and enjoy it. We're getting some really great feedback. So thank you so much for listening, guys. That's been Jack from Jack's Patch and I hope to get some permaculture sprinkled into your life so it can bring a lot more joy to you and your garden. Right, catch you soon on further episodes of the Food Grower Podcast and hope to see you in the Academy. Bye from me and have a good evening. This podcast is brought to you free by the Food Grower Academy. If you want to make your food growing easier, head over to academy.foodgrower.co.uk.